Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You, I would do those self-sabotaging behaviors, those those victim-like behaviors, and half the time, I kid you not, I didn't even realize I was doing it until someone, my coach, put a light on that blind spot around my awareness, and I started working overtime to go from that fixed mindset to that growth mindset. You never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. Roy T. Bennett. Greetings, my amazing peak performer. How you do? What's going on? What's cooking today? I hope that you're having a great time. It is episode 216 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Imagine that. I mean, just the other day, I had my 200th episode with Seth Godin. Who would have thought that we're 216 right now? I'm Henneke Watkins-Porter, as you know. Today's episode is with Todd Palmer. And Todd knows that growth happens only when we lean into the uncomfortable. And he knows from personal experience. Tom went from being a struggling entrepreneur with 600000 in debt to making the Inc. 5000 a record total of six times as one of America's fastest growing companies. Today, as a collaborative business advisor, and CEO of Extraordinary Advisors, Todd helps his clients ditch their comfort zone, dive into their failures, and reframe their mindset to be more authentic, transparent, and vulnerable to effect real change along the path to success. Todd is also the author of the popular book, The Job Search Process, Find and Land a Great Job in Six Weeks or Less. Wow, that alone, I mean, I could have just kind of stop and not go any further just by that introduction. But of course, I have to do it. So I'm looking forward to this conversation that I'm going to be having with Todd Palmer. And the title of it is Ditch Your Comfort Zone, Growth Through Authenticity. Let me be authentic about it. Transparency and vulnerability. Welcome, Todd. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well. And before I dive in, I like to say that I'm going to ask you if you know anything about Jamaica. Do you have any Jamaican friends? Have you been to Jamaica or anything Jamaican at all? I have been to Jamaica twice. Yay. Where have you been? I'm. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. This was quite a while ago. This is probably early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I came down for vacation mm-hmm. and I believe we stayed at, uh, Sandals. Does that sound right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So it could have been any one of the parishes, um, that we have signed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah. I, just, I just remember that I, I ate too much and I drank too much and I had too much fun. Mm. You know, next time you come to Jamaica, I don't want you staying in an all inclusive. I mean, I'm not bashing them. They, you know, they, they're, they're playing their role, but. Uh, you don't get a true Jamaican experience in an all-inclusive. I mean, you should oh, perhaps... without ca- a doubt. Yeah, you mix it up a bit. Yeah, so part all-inclusive and part community tourism, which is awesome, awesome, awesome experience. Okay, enough of that, Todd. Let's get into the meat of the matter. But your story is where I want to start, right? You went from a struggling entrepreneur of $600,000 in debt. And we're not talking Jamaican dollars. That alone would have been enough, <laughs> right? We're talking US dollars, so... So multiply that by 147 or so times. <laughs> How did that happen? Talk to us about that. Well, it, you know, as I've learned that, you know, every problem in business has one common denominator and it's people. And with my business, there were people allowed us to get into debt. And I was the first person in that line. We own, I own a recruiting company. We provided temporary labor and skilled trades talent throughout the United States, people who made things, people who were welders, machinists, folks like that. 
And 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey, I had you know left the business on many levels, both emotionally and psychologically, as well as physically. And the company was running off the rails. And it was running off the rails due to my leadership, or better yet, my lack of leadership. I you know had massive imposter syndrome. I called my itty bitty shitty committee in my head. It's the how my self-talk was going on and how I was showing up. And I was nearly going to go off the rails from the perspective of by September of 2006, I, like I said, like you said, I was $600,000 in debt. I was two months away from running out of all of my money. At that point, the bank had called the note. They were going to take my home, which I had secured as collateral for the line of credit. And I was so, so literally depressed. So my imposter syndrome was so, so rampant that I couldn't even get out of bed some days. And so it was at that moment, I... I decided that I finally, for the first time in my 10-year entrepreneurial career, I was going to ask for help. And I hired a coach. And he came in and he started working on you know, how I talked to myself, my internal doom loop, my, my mental tape I was playing in my head. He taught me quick financial literacy. He taught me how to read the financials. And my staff thought I knew how to read them because I could you know, fake my way through them. But I didn't really understand what I didn't understand, which was some of the granular numbers. And then at that point, we pivoted into... How do we work with our team? And the team I had was toxic. It was dysfunctional. I had the wrong people on my bus. So in September of 2006, I fired my entire company and I started over. In that process, I came up with a way to get the right people on my team, the right people into the company. Because again, going back to what I said earlier, every problem in a business is a people problem. And I hired for DNA, not for resume. And when I hired people with great DNA, they fit the core values in the, of the culture I was trying to create. Flash forward eight years later, we had paid off all $600,000 in debt. We found an inflection point in the human capital space, in the labor space, where there was an increased demand and a diminished supply of talent. We, we decided to really own that talent, represent that talent back to marketplace. And we made the Inc. 5,000 six times as one of the fastest growing companies in America. Now, I've retired from that business and I own a company called Extraordinary Advisors. I just completed my second book, From Suck to Success a guide to extraordinary entrepreneurship where I work with leaders. I teach them inside out leadership, which is what I learned many years ago, to be able to get unstuck around our business problems, to get unstuck around our life problems, to create an extraordinary life of work-life integration. Hmm. Todd, you have said a lot and a lot I need to unpack for what you said. <laughs> and <laughs> and you've kind of made it easy for me as a host because you've gone, you, you, you've gone through what happened, which I wanted to get that turning point, which you've mentioned. And, you know, that turning point is really when you hired a coach and you, you're taking us to the know. So great job and all of that, right? Well, it, it, it's crazy too, because so the coach I used to help me turn the business around, I used him for six years. For the last seven years, I've used a different coach to turn my life around, to create my life by design, to create the work-life integration piece, because I found that when I was turning the business around, I kept seeking external validation. We were making the Inc. 5000. It's very validating. People were including us in media interviews. We were you know, getting a lot of external validation. But as the CEO, I found that it wasn't very rewarding. And we were making money. I thought the money would fill the emptiness within, the, fill the black hole. It wasn't. Ultimately, with the work I've been doing with my current coach, I was able to figure out that in order to, to get the life I want in the external, I have to do create the life I want internally within me. And so that was like my final tipping point of learning that I had to really double down internally to create the external that I wanted. Mm -hmm. All right. So again, you kind of land a whole lot of nuggets on me, right? I didn't even get a chance to unpack the others. I mean, I'm 
listening to you and like all these bombs are dropping. So one of the things I wanted to look at was when you said like, you know, you thought you were you, you were going through your financials and you thought you were understanding you're faking your way through it and all of that. And yeah. And, and here's the thing. A lot of us know Abraham Maslow for his theory of hierarchy of needs. Sure. But a lot of us don't particularly hone into his his four stages of learning theory. And the first part of learning based on the stages that he mentioned was the fact that you don't know that you don't know. Right. Right. And that is a dangerous part to be because you're going along thinking that all is fine because you really don't know that you don't know until there is a turning point. And you mentioned, yes, you had your first coach that you had for six years was that he was helping you to turn the business around. And then you got a coach to turn your life around so that you now have life work-life integration. And I'm glad you didn't say work-life balance because I don't subscribe to that because there's no possibility of balance anywhere. You just have to find a way to harmonize and integrate. And I love that. So in all of that somewhere, obviously, even though not overtly stated, obviously there has to be some ditching of a comfort zone. Let me ask the question of you, Todd. Where was your comfort zone? Yes, you talked about external validation. You talked about, wow, just just so many things, right? That external validation. But what was the comfort zone for you that you had to ditch? Great question. So my comfort zone that I needed to ditch had multiple layers to it. It was the comfort zone of being the victim. You know, we often find that we get very comfortable being uncomfortable. So to, to drill down another layer on that is I, I was very introverted. I wouldn't show up into a room of peers and participate as much as I do now because my imposter syndrome was telling me I wasn't good enough and I wasn't worth it. And, but yet I kept doing it over and over again, expecting a different result. Like people would just come to me and want to engage me. Well, I've realized that to get outside of my comfort zone, I have to go and approach others. I have to connect with other people. And I do that by, by a model of servant leadership. I, I, I go in and I get very interested in other people versus waiting for them to be interested in me. So you know, something as simple as that was profound for me because I, I found that it's amazing how many people are on the same plane of feeling inadequate or not feeling like they're enough. Even some of the most successful people in the world often will have that. You'll, I'll see athletes or actors do these interviews and they will, will talk about how, how they still have those insecurities, fears, and self-doubt. So I had to really work through my comfort zone of being uncomfortable, my comfort zone of avoiding and, and not having the interesting conversations in social circumstances, but also my comfort zone of avoiding having difficult conversations at work. Ah, wow. Two of those that I want you to talk about. I, I want you to just zone in a little more on them for me. The comfort zone, let's talk with the second one first. The comfort zone that you were in of, of not wanting to have difficult conversations. Like lately for me, having difficult conversations has been a big ticket item, has been a big thing. Talk to us about, you know, those difficult conversations and how did you get to the point that you can, you can have them? And why do you think though it's important to have difficult conversations? Well, that's where the growth takes place. That's where the learning takes place. But what I was telling myself is people aren't going to like me if we have difficult conversations. People are going to reject me if we have difficult conversations. And it's it's crazy. If, you know, fast forward to 2021, I literally have difficult conversations all day, every day with the clients that I coach. And what I found is I've replaced some of the, the discomfort before in my comfort zone is now my new comfort zone is knowing that this is going to be uncomfortable. My new comfort zone is knowing 
that we will get through this and knowing that we will be closer as a client coach relationship, knowing that my clients will be closer with their employees, even if they have to let someone go, for example, because that in that discomfort becomes the comfort because the result is we're going to resolve an issue. We're going to get rid of the artificial harmony within the organization or get rid of the artificial harmony in the relationship. But in order to get that, you have to be uncomfortable. So I've found for me that I spend a lot of my day in immense discomfort, which has now become my new comfort zone. The artificial harmony. In other words, you're like, I posted something recently and I said, you know, from a biblical perspective, blessed are the peacemakers, but not peacekeepers. And there's a difference, right? In being a, a peacemaker, then you have to sometimes have these difficult conversations so you can get to the core. But many of us are so comfortable on the superficial, with the superficial, and we don't want to go deep because do, going deep is painful. We become vulnerable and we don't want to be transparent and it affects our authenticity. So let's talk about that for a minute. Those difficult conversations, where would you classify them in terms of the topic that we're talking about, growth through authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability? Where does that come in, those difficult conversations? Difficult conversations with you know growth, authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability all start with communication. And it's in the absence of communication, what will happen is our employees, our friends, our family, our loved ones will fill in that gap of communication with their own narrative. So talk, let's talk about COVID. You know, we, I've got leaders that were, were trying to keep their businesses afloat during the pandemic, and they weren't talking to their teams. They weren't talking to their leaders. They weren't talking to their staffs because they didn't have any answers. And I challenged them, and I talk about it in the book. One leader was, was communicating on email, but she was getting no, no engagement. I go, you are a heart-centered leader. You're a dynamic personality. People want to be in your space, want to be in your energy. Let's make some videos. You shoot the video and send it out to your team and communicate and send it out if you have to send it out every day but let's get them engaged let's get them reconnected because connection was missing for her team connection was was you know information was being disseminated but that heart-centered leader was being was being stunted because she was hiding behind the computer screen hiding behind the, the email I said let's get you out there and she did it i can't tell you she sent it to 18 leaders 15 of them got engaged with her within two minutes. Oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. Uh, I can't, uh, I've missed your smile. I've missed your energy. And what she communicated, I kid you not, was here's where we are. Here's the work I've been doing to get government loans, to deal with clients that are, are wanting to pay us, but we have, they have money challenges. And here's the things I don't know. I would love, love, love your feedback on how maybe you see a different way to approach some of these problems. And it, it was in that authentic moment of saying, I don't have all the answers but I care enough to share with you, I need your help, is where her business really transformed from a cultural perspective because what, the, what she found out afterwards was employees, in the absence of her communication, and the employees were telling themselves a narrative that she no longer cares about us. Where did she go? I used to see her every day. Where, where's that glowing smile that just ingratiates us and we want to work for you, not with you, as, I mean, I'm sorry, not work with you as well as for you. Exactly. And I miss, I miss you. Where are you? And she's like, I had no idea that I created such an impact by simply just showing up with my presence. Yeah. And that authenticity is what people want. They want to see you. They want to also see you being vulnerable. You know, they want you, they want to see the real you. They want to see you struggling because everybody's struggling. I mean, it's, it's not that you're going to be, be moping and, and tearing down yourself and all of that. But at the same time, you just need to be out there. Let others know. Let your team know. Let those within your sphere of influence know that you are still there. You are with them. And, you know, we're all in this together. We, we are all in this together. And it's, the, it's that servant leader 
it's that, that, that servant CEO, that servant entrepreneur who will put themselves out there and be vulnerable. And I, I had someone recently ask me, how, how do I learn how to be vulnerable? And it's a tough, it's tough, okay? It's, it's not easy work, but it's super satisfying work. And I said, here's what I had to do. I said, the worst day of my life was September 9th of 2006. It's the day I walked in and fired my entire company. And I started hiring for DNA, not for resume. And it was literally the, the bottom point uh, of the life of my uh, of my business. And I said, if you notice, every time I, I appear on stage or I appear on a podcast like yours, I always talk about it so that people can learn that if you want to be vulnerable, talk about the worst day of your life. People that will connect with people. And certainly there will be people that will judge you. You have to kind of know that's going to come. But the people who they hear those stories and it resonates with them and it lands with them. And the emails I get and the phone conversations I have afterwards of an appearance are, are transformative. Like, oh my gosh, you stood up there and said something that I'd never thought. Of. I thought I was the only one who had imposter syndrome. I thought I was the only one who made mistakes because in my peer group, we don't talk about those. Or worse yet, I don't have a peer group to talk about them with. And I've got employees and I've got my family and, and nobody wants to hear about the problems of the entrepreneur or CEO. And you shared that with me. Oh my gosh, through you, I felt seen. I felt heard. And how can I get more of that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine, a colleague and friend of mine yesterday. And she was saying, boy, you know, one thing she loves about me and I've always kind of looked at was the fact that I am just so transparent and vulnerable. So I went through a very difficult period with my health and I shared that, in fact, I made an event out of it, you know? Oh, and, wow. And, yeah. And, and because of that, persons can connect and relate because we all want connection. We all want to relate to somebody and, you know, to feel like I'm not alone. We don't want to be alone. We really don't. We're meant for relationships. And part of relationship building is to show the core of who you really are. So I really love that that you're sharing, Todd. I think it's it's so powerful what you said because you know we live in a world based upon a lot of social media, right? And in the social media world, in fact, I was just having this conversation with a client two days ago. You know, it, with, social media kind of lives at the five percent of life. You know, you get the the greatest experiences, and here I am, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm on my yacht, and here's my jet ski, and here's my box of gold which none of that is probably true. It's probably all bought and paid for for this photo shoot. Or you get the person who's, you know, what, you know, kind of that, that woe is me, the, the victim or the martyr. So you've got the, the, the rock star hero and the victim martyr at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, the rest of us kind of live somewhere in the middle. And in somewhere in the middle, we've got good days. We've got bad days. We've got highs. We've got lows. We've got challenges. We've got successes. We've got strengths. We've got limitations. If we're talking more about those things, and we don't always just talk about all the great stuff, but sometimes the challenges we face, and it's not necessarily to be seen as a victim, but to be seen as a human being. Because I agree with you, we're, we're human beings are a tribal community. And right now, especially during these, these tough times of COVID, some of that community has been lost for some people. Well, there's ways, even through Zoom or through other connection points, Clubhouse or what have you, where we can connect with others and rebuild some of those communities that maybe we've lost over the last 12 to 18 months. All right. Todd, you mentioned Clubhouse and already the former that is in me because I'm an enjoyed user, but that's another story. <laughs> Let's I digress. Let me go back. You said something earlier too that I want to touch on. You were in a comfort zone of being the victim. Yes. Let's me not let me not miss an opportunity to talk about that victim mentality. Let's let's go there. So for me, the victim mentality came from having a fixed mindset, not a growth mindset. And, and in a fixed mindset, 
I had a lot of expectations of myself and others. But as I talk about in my book, From Suck to Success, one of the big transformative parts for me was to, to go to step two of this process I call the E4 process. And the E4 process, I really had to focus on losing that expectation and replacing it with intention. And when, I, when we focus on solving a problem with intentionality, as my coach has shown me, we stay in a, a mindset of creativity, not a mindset of reactivity. So for me, when I was being a victim, I was being very reactive to the world. And I had a lot of expectations that weren't met. I even took it a step further. I had a lot of expectations that weren't met because I never stated them to the other party. So who, you know, I'm creating my own misery. Why can't you just read my mind? You know, I, I didn't tell you, but come on. I mean, this is just... You should know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would do those self-sabotaging behaviors, the, those, those victim-like behaviors... And half the time, I kid you not, I didn't even realize I was doing it until someone, my coach, put a light on that blind spot around my awareness, and I started working overtime to go from that fixed mindset to that growth mindset. Hmm, fabulous, fabulous, you know? So many things that you've left with us, Todd, and of course, we're winding down our conversation. But as we, as we do that, the topic again, I'm talking with Todd Pamel, such an amazing time. And the topic, ditch your comfort zone, growth through authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability. Just wrap it up for us, your final thoughts on that. So I really believe that to, to be authentic, transparent, and vulnerable is a gift we not only give to others, but more importantly, I would argue it's a gift we give to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was really blessed a couple of years ago, I got to volunteer to do an entrepreneurship program in a prison system. Mm. And and when I was working with the, these people who were going to be released into the into society, and they were such a unique group of people, they were in a maximum security prison, and they were all violent criminals. And when we talked about our histories, and we talked about our lives, and I saw them as human beings, this is what they reported to me. When I saw them as human beings, not as not as incarcerated individuals, they felt seen and heard which was an amazing gift. And when we delve into how some of the choices they made around some of their criminal activity is a lot of it is they, they weren't seen and heard as kids or they weren't seen and heard as young adults. A lot of them were under the age of 30. And, he, and I was thinking, oh, wow, what a, what a great thing. But you know, the, the gift for me as the, the guest speaker, as the entrepreneur, you know, they were doing like a Shark Tank money raise for, the, for these people when they got out of prison to start their businesses. But the gift for me and by being seen and being heard and by me showing up in my authentic self is it gave me a, a great appreciation for the struggles that I've had and seeing the struggles that other people have and, and the barriers were broken down between the person who was, was incarcerated and myself. And what that gave to me for being authentic, transparent, and vulnerable was the gift I was able to give to someone else. When we are at our worst times, and when I remember back when I was at my worst times, and I, and I take this really off of the work of Sean Aker around the gratitude practices, is when I'm at my worst times, even now, I don't sit there and feel sorry for myself. I reach out to other people. Because I find my joy is in being of service to others. For whatever reason, that's just how I operate. And, when, and that requires me to be vulnerable. It requires me to be the first person, for example, to reach out and invite a friend to lunch. Or the re- first person to reach out and invite a, another couple to dinner. And in that extension of myself outside of my old comfort zone, that's where the most amazing growth and the most amazing relationships have come from. So for me, while I'm being authentic and transparent to other people – I'm really showing more and more of my true self to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, interestingly, I remember a time when I was going through a, a dark period, a period of depression. And 
it was when that when I reached out to other people to talk to people and I was sharing this with somebody and she said, yeah, your happy place is talking to other people and interacting. So I remember how tremendously that helped in my lowest moments when I thought I don't want to talk to anybody. But once I began to speak, you know, and just interact, then my perspective shifted, the way I was feeling shifted. So that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. I can relate. No, Todd, I mean, I could talk with you all day, but I got to run. <laughs> I got to well, run. That makes sense. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do at this moment, to share your contact information, your social media, wherever people in my community can get you know further information from you. And I know you have some giveaway too that you want to talk about. So go right ahead. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can certainly reach me at my website, extraordinaryadvisors.com. My email is Todd at ExtraordinaryAdvisors.com. So the first giveaway I'd like to offer to your audience is anybody who's heard me today, please come to my website and book a call with me. It's 30, I'll give you 30 minutes of my time for free to help you get unstuck, to help you realize that you can get to authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability. So the giveaway I'd like to give as well beyond the, the 30 minutes of free coaching is I'd like to offer to your audience, if they just visit my website, I'm giving away the first chapter of my book for free. It's brand new, out in 2021. It's called From Suck to Success, A Guide to Extraordinary Entrepreneurship. Go in there, uh, and I will be happy to email you a PDF of the first chapter. And I'd love your feedback, because if I don't get your feedback, I don't grow as an author, as speaker, as a, and as a coach. Thank you so much, Todd Pamo. I really appreciate your time and the value that you share with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much, my amazing community, for sharing with me on this episode with Todd Pamo. I truly look forward to connecting with you next time. Before we connect next time, right, I want you to kind of really dwell, not kind of, I really want you to just regurgitate on what was shared earlier, you know, talk about the work-life integration, not wanting to, you know, be externally validated or try not to, do not require to be externally validated. We talk about turning point of Todd's life, having a coach. He talks about coaching for his business and for himself so that he can have this work-life validation. Just so many things we, we touched on. So I really want you to regurgitate on that and, and connect with, connect with Todd. If you have questions, if you want to get a consultation, you just want to get the free chapter of the, of his new book, all of that. But in the meantime, too, you can always connect with me, henikawatkisporter.com, so that we can do all things podcasting together. So you want to be coached. You want my new book on podcasting. You want to do the online course or you want me to produce your podcast for you. Whatever you want podcasting, just send me a WhatsApp message and it comes directly from my from my website to my phone. So I will be able to reach back um, out to you. Thank you so much. Today's point of hope, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. First Corinthians 16 verse 13. Walk good. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. 